With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the world transformed. Tonight we're talking about mysteries, paradoxes, and uncertainty. My name is Phil Powermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, doing great. Starting another, uh, this is kind of a, a special week for us. We observe the 4th of July in our own special way every year, and we're going to be doing it this week. For years, we have been making our own little interesting contribution to the 4th of July week. And here it's upon us once again. You know, I did the original Declaration of Singularity probably more than a decade ago, I guess, at this point that it's right. been done. And we're going to do. I'm guessing a, that must have been that must have been about 2005, 2006 when you did that. Somewhere, wow, somewhere okay. in there. So yeah, uh, it's been a few years. It's been a few years. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on to a new declaration this week. We we moved on to another one a couple of years ago, and now we've got got yet another one. So I don't know if if this is going to turn into a new declaration every Fourth of July, or if this one will have some legs and we'll stick to it. But we've actually got some groundwork to do before we get to our new declaration, and I think that's historically appropriate. You know, the original Declaration of Independence didn't come just out of the blue. It was many years of causes, historical causes that added up to the ultimate decision for the colonies to declare their independence from Great Britain. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that are contributing to our new declaration tonight. And so I gave this a, a pretty broad title, Mysteries, Paradoxes, and Uncertainty. But I just wanted to kind of bring together several of the, huh, kind of issues that we've been dealing with. And some of these we've done whole shows on, some of them we've referenced here or there, and some of them are some are fairly new, but the common theme here with each of them is just the, you look at the issue and you stand back and you scratch your head and you say, well, what's going on here exactly? Why is the world working in this particular way? And I couldn't find a single term that drew them all together. They're not all paradoxes. They're not all mysteries. Some of them are just items of frustration. So if you put all this together and you look at the show as a whole that we're about to do it's i'm reminded of that song that isn't ironic and that basically and nothing in that song is ironic by the way it's <laughs> it's just like you know it's, these, these things should be great and they're not right so i guess that's yeah. kind of uh, <laughs> that's kind of the way we're going to be looking is, at it that is excellent that's right this show is like yeah. rain on your wedding day okay <laughs> free ride right. when you're already late um i, I think pretty much <laughs> it's meeting the man of your dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife, folks. That's that's what we're, it's, it's, that's what we're it's talking. It's all of the above and more. So, uh, yeah. okay, let's let's get into this. Let's somewhat, try one. Uh, well, we did a show about this just a couple weeks ago, talking about the 
strange, and this one is a paradox, the paradox of social media, the, the paradox of the technology that was supposed to make us happy and bring us together, connect us, make the world a better place, and it's making us miserable and driving us apart. If I were to lay anything down as kind of the definitive paradox of our era, if there's a definitive paradox of our era, this is it. It's social media. We've got something that was cooked up because we thought it was fun, that we all joined up with because we thought it was going to make us happy, and has had this huge downside, this huge unexpected downside to it. What gives? What do you think, Stephen? What's going on with that one? Well, I I think uh, a lot of it is we air political views on uh, on things like Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And then you, you immediately, you're gratified perhaps with the likes or whatever you get from like-minded people, but not everyone you know feels that way, right? And uh, so there's some of that. There's also uh, a tendency to try to judge our own lives by the happy life that we see other people having on social media, never mind that we cherry-pick what we put on social media, right? And, and so there's some envy that goes along there. There's political and religious divisions. And so we divide ourselves into tribes, and we also envy each other at the same time. So there's a lot of, a lot of problems like that. And uh, maybe we yeah, just I, need to go back to posting our kids playing t-ball or something and just forget about the rest. That's probably part of it, for sure. There's, there's something about social media vastly simplified social interaction. When was it ever as easy to make a friend as the friends you can make on Facebook, right? I could have a new friend every single day. In the real world, you don't get friends nearly that often, right? It's just not as adults. Yeah, <laughs> as children, you could make a friend. I mean, you want to be friends? Uh, yeah, that's what, that's what kindergartners and first graders will ask each other. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, let's be friends. But right. That's not that's that's not the way it works in the adult world. The bar is a lot lower when you're a kid, and you're a lot more flexible yeah. about who you'll be friends with when when you're a kid. And then, and then suddenly that standard is reintroduced. You're suddenly a lot more flexible about who you'll be friends with on social media. So the whole, the whole meaning of the interaction is like vastly simplified. And I think everything else got vastly simplified too. And when you simplify something, you have to take some aspects out of it. You have to remove some elements. And I think the dangerous elements of social interaction got concentrated in this new medium while some of the buffer elements, some of the things that, that prevent a lot of the negative stuff from happening were removed. One of them being that when you're face-to-face with someone, you're a lot less likely to get in their face. You're a lot less likely right. to be nasty to them. And we've talked about how the Internet has made it possible for people to be just really horrible to each other when they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been in the real world. So suddenly you're friends with all these people. Suddenly you're connected with all these people. A lot of the buffers are gone, and then the messages get concentrated and they get simplified. And this is just pure memetics, evolutionary memetics at work, where the simplest and really most concentrated and nastiest version of an idea seems to be the one that takes hold, so that we get more and more and, and, and gets and gets repeated and uh, and shared. And, right. Yeah. The and reddest of the red meat, you, you, as you as you, you know, the reddest of the red meat for whatever political side you're on, is what we tend to like and share. Yeah, to uh, to the point where if you're presented with a set of facts, tribally, you'll always go for the version that is the most in line with your group's view. I posted this thing earlier 
Well, actually, I guess it was last week. And it was the one about the lady who called the cops on the kid for selling a bottle of water, right? Do you remember that story? Right. Did you see that one? Uh, and uh, so she ends up uh, uh, having to resign from her job, and it was CEO of a pot store? Is that what it was? She was, she was the CEO of a, <laughs> of a pot company. So, I mean, to me, it was just a great headline, you know. Woman who called yeah. cops on girl for selling bottle of water must resign from job as CEO of pot company. I mean, that alone is just enough to make you go, what? What? We are living, living in a different where, world now. Where this is a thing that happens. Well, and so I posted that. And, you know, me, I'm not a very ideological person. I, I'm not posting it because I'm saying that people call the cops on black kids all the time. Or I'm not actually walking down any of those rat holes that I know of. But to me, it was an outrageous story. A kid got the cops called on her for no real reason. This woman lost her job. Ha ha. You know, maybe she should learn to chill out. And then one of my friends actually posts and says, well, actually, what happened was this. And you get into the back and forth of the, of the real story. Was the woman really calling the cops on somebody for selling a bottle of water, or was she calling, threatening to call the cops because someone was screaming outside of her window? And I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't, I didn't see it happen. But definitely the story that everyone picked up on was the archetype of the – and you see the picture of her. She's not a terribly attractive person, Right frankly. She, and, she, and you just look at her, and I think for a lot of people, she just looks like the kind of busybody neighbor who's always being mean to the kids, right? I, I think if you, if you look at that. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I mean, you, you immediately see that image. And so I wondered, I, I wondered, it's like, well, this is just how easy it is, right? Because the story works so well to get me riled up in a particular direction that I went with it. And we all kind of go with it, right? It gives, us, it gives us the opportunity. And there's something kind of cathartic about defending a child, right? So, right. So, so the story just works in all those directions at once. But you multiply that story by basically every single story in the news. And there's always an angle. There's always a, this is, this is the best presentation of this set of facts for the thing yeah. that my tribe is upset about, right? And it seems to me, Phil, that at some point we're just going to all be wearing body cams. <laughs> so yeah. that our, whatever story that we have to present, it can be backed up by uh, the evidence of this. Okay, let's play this back. I'm not calling the cops on a child trying to sell water. I'm calling cops on her on her screaming mother that's next, standing next to her. You know, if that if that were the case, and, you know, yeah. you and I, neither one know if that's the case or not. Uh, we but, know, uh, and, and that that might yeah. be her excuse, right? That might be the yeah, thing exactly. That, it might be an excuse, and she's just a big jerk, you know, that's right. called cops on a kid. Maybe a video would have saved her job if it was really uh, the noisy mother that, next to the child that was the problem. So it might have, it <laughs> but, might have, because yeah. because the tendency is always going to be to go with that version. But hey, we're we're going to run out of time yeah. before we yeah. run out of yeah. mysteries, paradoxes, and uncertainty. Let's look at this next one is closely related. I just saw a headline the other day, more jobs exist than there are people out of work. But still, we have all these societal things going on that we talked about, actually, and a lot of it in the context of social media. Depression, there's this opiate crisis, there's this angst going on in the world. How can this be the case when we've hit economic good times and yet so many people are so miserable? Isn't that odd and and a little bit disturbing? Yeah, I think uh, what we've been talking about kind of explains. We could be in great economic times, but if everybody hates each other, it won't be considered a fun time or a great time to, to be around. I think that there, there are a lot of people dealing with depression and, and other issues like that, even though uh, economically we seem to be doing all right. I don't know. 
What, what, yeah. what do you suggest, Bill? Well, I, I don't, I don't know that I have, I, I don't know that I have an answer to it. Although I, I do have one other possible cause for why that disconnect is occurring, and it could be that the job situation isn't nearly as good as we think it is. You know, I was tracking the job market really closely five, six years ago when I was doing the Transparency Revolution, and one of the things I wrote several blogs about and talked about on several podcasts was that we were massively underestimating how many unemployed people there were because they were changing the definition of unemployed by saying that all these people were permanently removed from the workforce and therefore they weren't technically unemployed anymore. And for the administration that was in power at the time, that enabled us to say we had a much higher or much lower unemployment rate than was actually operative. Yeah, if you haven't gone for a job interview in the last month or something like that, you're, yeah. you're yeah, they, to they, be voluntarily unemployed. They changed and the criteria. Not and, and so suddenly a lot of people who were out of work weren't even counted as unemployed. Well, you know what? Right. They never changed those numbers back. They never changed the way they counted that back. And so now we've got right. theoretically more jobs than we have people out of work. But I think when they count the people out of work, they're still only counting this kind of narrower piece of the plan. Of course, the administration in power now, they're not going to go change it. Nobody's ever going to change those numbers, right? Those people who were lost. <laughs> yeah, whoever is in power is happy with the uh, really, really loose definition of the unemployed. Uh, <laughs> right, whoever. right. Because right or left, want... it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah nobody's <laughs> ever going to want to make the unemployment rate look higher. So it could be, part of it could be that we're just we've we've forgotten people, and those people who are forgotten, they're the ones who are miserable, and that sort of makes sense that they that they would be. But 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 the other possibility is that you can improve the economy, and it just doesn't it doesn't automatically fix everybody's life. Well, there there could very well be uh, situations where someone is trained for this this great job that they can't seem to find, and so they're they've got like four or five little part time jobs. And obviously, that, that's, that's not a happy situation where right. you're struggling just to, just to stay afloat when, when uh, you're, you're trying to do more and you know you could do more. That, that would be a, that'd be a rough situation. I'm sure there's a lot of people in that situation, so that may be, may be part of it as well. Absolutely. Uh, okay, let's, let's move on. How about this one? This is one you commented on on Facebook, and I thought it was worth mentioning. Just kind of one of those you can't win for losing kind of things, right? We've talked about self-driving yep. cars. We've probably done more shows on that subject than any other single subject <laughs> over the, over the last couple of years. True. And if you haven't ever listened to the show before, we're of the opinion that a lot of lives will be saved by self-driving cars down the road. That, that that's the reason for implementing them, and that they're going to be a godsend because of the fact that a lot of people won't die on the highway. So autonomous vehicles are be, are be maimed permanently or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. or injured. Yeah, have their lives ruined by automobile accidents. Going to save thousands of lives, going to make thousands of lives better, and yet they may be the economic death of cities. Now, this one <laughs> my I, my comment when you you posted it, Phil, and I, my comment was, is there any news that's not bad news? I mean, come on. <laughs> and and I, you know, I think the answer to your question is no. There is no news that's not you bad. Can, you can always find the dark cloud to any silver lining. I think that's right. And on the one hand, that's good because maybe that helps us not be surprised by, like, the downside of social media, for example, right, where right. we went into it saying, hey, this is the greatest thing ever and our lives are going to be wonderful, and it ended up causing a lot of problems. I'm not even sure that this particular problem is that big a deal. They're talking about how autonomous vehicles are going to lead cities to financial room because they make all this money off cars. They make all this money off parking. There's just all these different... I, you know, I, I have every faith. I, 
<laughs> I have every faith in my local government to find a new way to tax me. Exactly. This will lead to financial ruin in my particular city. Uh, not at all. Uh, they'll find another way. They will find another way. It's like, oh, well, we can't charge for parking anymore. We're finished. That just, come on. That's, that's not the can-do American spirit that, that lives in our towns across the country. They will, they will figure out another way to take our money. So, so that particular problem, probably not. But will there be unforeseen, unexpected, serious problems well, associated with autonomous vehicles? There well, definitely I, I, I think a much more serious problem with autonomous vehicles than this is all the jobs. Right. Lots and lots and lots of people earn their living driving in one way or another. Right. And, um, and there will be less of a demand for that. I mean, there will still need to be someone monitoring the system, right, uh, for a lot of driving jobs. And so there will still be a person behind the wheel as long as there is a wheel. But there will be less of a cause of it. It might be uh, that uh, a job that required uh, you to have two drivers along in, uh, for a cross-country uh, interstate trucking run. Maybe now we can make do with one driver just kind of monitoring the system. I think there'll be fewer jobs, fewer driving jobs as, uh, as these auto- autonomous vehicles are implemented. And that could be a potential problem. Absolutely. Robots taking yeah. our jobs. Absolutely. That could be a huge problem. And it is a, it is a symptom of the overall robots, robots taking our jobs. And to compound it, I wonder if they won't just figure out some way to say, well, those people aren't really unemployed, right? That, which, is, which is what's happened to uh, other, other people who have lost their jobs due to technology over the last few years because we want to keep presenting that there's, that there's good news. So it's our, our desire for everything always to be good news, which is sometimes something that we engage in on our own, and then sometimes it's something that's kind of handed to us top-down through the media and from, and from the government. And what's actually going on, those two things get in conflict, and yeah, then things actually happen, such as the robots start taking our jobs. Here's another note we hit all the time, right? Post-scarcity is coming. I'm certain of right. it. I'm, cert- I'm certain that one day, not that far in the future, we're going to have an economy that works on automation, and we will have a material abundance such as the world has never seen, and everybody's going to be fine. Every, everything, everything is going to work fine. But... We don't have any idea how to get there. Every, everybody makes a living doing something that's of value to somebody else. You know? Right. And, right. Um, and so at, at some point we reach a society where these things are provided for free practically or maybe free completely to everyone. If you need something, you can get it uh, from a post-scarcity society. But how do we get to that point where everyone has lost their jobs basically? And without without food riots and societal up, upheaval of all sorts, so it seems to me we're in for a bumpy ride between here and there. And and the problem is, it's not on anyone's radar. Yep. You, you hear you hear a little bit about how automation takes away jobs, and for politicians, the solution to that is well, let's not automate jobs, which is a dumb solution. And yep. Another political solution is, well, we'll have basic income. But it's like, well, who's going to be earning the money to pay the tax base to provide the basic income? <laughs> right? if we're, it's like the whole system has to be rethought, and no one is thinking at it at a systemic level. No one is looking at it and saying, well, here's, what, here's the end. Here's the outcome we need to get to. No one's talking about the way you and I do, Stephen. That's the problem, right? We're, we're the only ones. 
we're yep. the crazy cranks, right? We're the crazy uncle who shows up at Thanksgiving and says, well, one of these days there's not going to be such a thing as employment anymore, and then what are you going to do? The point is that's really going to happen. Nobody in the political, on the political spectrum, left to right, it, it, it's ignored everywhere, right? And, right. And the closest you get, I guess, is, you know, maybe uh, we've got a libertarian candidate, Zoltan, our friend, right, is going to try to run for president again here in a couple of years. And he talks about basic income. So that's that's as close as that's as close as it gets to showing up in the media and in the in the political discourse, because nobody wants to think that long term. And the problem is, although it sounds really long term, it's not that distant of a future at all. It's coming very soon. Right. And I don't know. It's going to bite us. I'm. I'm a little bit worried about it. And there was there was one more, I think, that you had on the list, but I'm, I'm not seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I said uh, the world is growing richer and has since the Stone Age through trade. We uh, start as generalists, and be, we become specialists more and more over time. And uh, we trade what we're good at with what other people are good at. And, uh, and, it, and it's an enriching tendency, and it has been for as long as we, for all of recorded history, and uh, we can we can kind of see from other evidence that even before it was, uh, it, it, we were being enriched through trade. Yet, at least here in the United States, uh, we are seeing some uh, revival of protectionist tendencies. You know, our our deal with China is not so great, so we need to protect ourselves. Well, you know that that's just that's that's a dangerous road to go down, and it do, and and ultimately it doesn't lead to an, enriching our, our country uh, at the expense of, of China or anybody else, what it does is it, it makes everybody poor. And so uh, to me, that's a, that's a worrisome trend. I, I think so, too. I think there, there are those who would argue that the whole ploy of the U.S. trying to go protectionist is to get others to lay off on their protectionism. And so it, yeah. if, if that's the idea and it works, maybe that's a good thing. But if it has exactly the opposite effect where everyone doubles down, and right. trade is diminished. That's a very dangerous state of affairs. That's uh, that that could that could kick off some really bad global economic stuff. And the and the problem is we know this, right? We know that not having international trade or diminishing international trade is extremely damaging to the global economy. So even right. if what we're going for is to increase trade, that's a it's a risky move. Um, yeah, we know we're. It's a, it's a gamble. It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is a gamble. And so, uh, at the end of the day, if our bluff gets called, we need to be prepared to say, "Oh, okay, well, you called our bluff. We're not really going to do it. Let's keep trading. How about it?" And that is a worrisome thing, and, I, I, and another thing to uh, consider here in these paradoxes. Well, there it is. So, how's your Monday going, folks? I think we've we've laid out a <laughs> we've laid out a list of. Per- perplexing problems, paradoxes, and uncertainty. For those of you in the U.S., Wednesday is a national holiday. It's Independence Day, the 4th of July, but we're going to be back. And, Stephen, I think we've got a response to all of these problems. So why don't we come back on Wednesday, and uh, we'll, we'll put on our Uncle Sam hats, and we'll see if we can't, uh, we can't address all this. Sounds great. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. Uh, Stephen, great talking with you. We will be back on Wednesday with a brand new show. And until next time, live to see it.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.